Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack has you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th. Avenue Faceoff. And welcome back in to Fifth Avenue Faceoff. I'm your host, Chris Mack. So we've talked now at length about what has gone on through the first five games for these Penguins and the disappointing effort Saturday night in St. Louis. Something weird happened Saturday night with their opponent coming up on Tuesday. The Dallas Stars are headed to town. And it's the Avalanche on Thursday, so no let-up. This week, a big week for the Penguins if they're going to bounce back from this slow start. Joining me from 105.3 The Fan in Dallas and the Spits and Suds podcast, co-hosted by Craig Ludwig and himself, it's Gavin Spittle. Gavin, thanks for the time. How are you, man? Man, it's great to see you, Chris. Great to be on Fifth that face-off, man. This is uh, this is awesome. Always, uh, uh, always exciting when we're playing the Pens. Yeah, well, I mean, before we get to Stars-Pens on Tuesday, Saturday night was crazy. I mean, the Dallas Stars did something they've never, and nobody's ever done in the history of the league, give up three shorthanded goals and still win a game. They did that against the Flyers on Saturday night. Um, Let's start with Saturday night specifically. Is that just luck or is that just running into a bad team who wasn't able to make the Stars pay for it? A little bit of both? What? Well, I think the one thing that, you know, the Flyers do is, they're actually pretty good shorthanded and um, they get opportunities. And I, I think, I think Torts came into this game and said, you know, I actually think Torts laid out uh, kind of a video game plan of what teams need to do against the stars. They were granted, they spent time, a lot of time in the penalty box, but the physicality and mm-hmm. trying to push this stars team around and try to slow them down, I think did pay some dividends, but you know, those, I understand giving up a shorthanded goal. Uh, the what I was curious about was how, when you're up by two goals and you go on the power play late in the third period, do you not take more of a defensive approach? Now, granted, they did catch some bad puck breaks, but at the same time, you know you have to have kind of a more defensive mindset. And I've been trumpeting the horn on spits and suds. One of the things I've said is I love how at the end of the game under Rick Bonus, they'd kind of go into a shell and hold on to a lead. They did that, you know, with Jim Montgomery as well when they were coaches. Mm -hmm. Now it's go, go, go. Well, that's awesome to see. But, you know, they're very lucky to get out of Saturday night with two points. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting you mentioned the Flyers and Torts taking that physical tack against them. Because like, I, I look at the Stars roster and I see one of the five or six bigger, stronger teams in the league. Um, in fact, when, when they get to Pittsburgh on Tuesday, the Penguins will be giving up something like, I want to say, half an inch in height and 10 pounds of weight um, as an average across the board. Not to mention the Stars are about a year and a half younger than the Penguins, too, the oldest team in the league. So when we get to Tuesday night at PPG Paints Arena, 
Is that a strategy you think the Stars can use against a smaller team like the Penguins? And again, three quarters of the league is smaller than Dallas. Um, do they they perhaps take that and turn it on its ear and say, hey, the Flyers did it to get us out of our game. Maybe, even though we know we can skate, we use our size to push a little bit, lean a little bit on a team that's a little older and maybe struggling to find their rhythm. I would love to see that, Chris. I really would. I think the Stars physicality wise are more of a reactionary team. Yeah. You know, we saw that in the first game against, um, or sorry, the second game when they were in Vegas and lost in overtime. Um, when Vegas became physical, they became physical. We saw the same thing the other night against the Flyers. So um, I think they know the strategy is to try to push them around. And I think they try to respond, um, but it would be a good game plan going in. You know, Pittsburgh has not been a friendly place for the stars. And so I think, you know, this is to, to me, even though the pens have, you know, kind of struggled, this is a good test because as you mentioned, then Colorado comes in in a couple of days. I think we thought Colorado was going to be really good in the West. Um, I had it as Vegas, Colorado, Dallas, and I had Edmonton in there. Edmonton's mm -hmm. off to a slow start as well, but I didn't anticipate Colorado would be as good or play as well as they have. Yeah. So I, I, you know, it's, to me, it's a premium two points, kind of a wacky schedule too, for the stars um, in that they played St. Louis to open the season on a Thursday, tons of time off. They went and practiced in California because they played the Knights on Tuesday and then Thursday in Anaheim, Saturday at, then they fly home, play Philly, go to Pittsburgh, and then come back to play the Maple Leafs. So they have truly been all across the United States early in this season. Yeah, that Western Conference travel is not really? a favor to anybody out there. It's it's funny you mentioned the ability to, to get things done in overtime. I know shootouts in particular have been a focus for Pete DeBoer and that he's yeah. had guys staying after practice, working on the side rink uh, after the after practice is over on shootouts. It's it's worked. It's materialized in some positive results early this season. Limited sample size, but the Stars seem to be turning things around in, in overtime and shootouts early this year. Yeah, I think it comes down to uh, the depth and uh, picking up Matt Duchesne, who's really good yeah. in the shootouts. Um, he's just been a real solid addition to the team. Might not show up in the stat sheet, but, you know, he's – He's creating uh, kind of a lot of havoc. You know, he's done a really good job at that. Um, and, you know, I think one of the things I love about this Stars team and the makeup, they really haven't had this kind of depth, Chris, since mm -hmm. the 99 Cup run. So when you're talking shootouts, you know, I, I think, you know, it starts with they're going to go with Robertson. And then all of a sudden you got a guy like Duchesne who pops into the top three. And, uh, you know, then usually you'll go hence. But, I mean, Tyler Sagan's a really good shootout guy as well. Yeah. Then you have Jamie Ben. So you even have depth as far as shootout. Um, and then, you know, we got to talk about the backstop of the stars and Jake Ottinger. You know, he's just been terrific. Very, uh, a good comparison is a goalie who played here at Ben Bishop in that, you know, Tuesday night, you're not going to see, you might see a flashy save, but it's more the size, similar to Vasilevsky. You know, you got that size and he's just so calm. In fact, one of the things he likes to do is, is 
you know, that's his way of showing that he's in control is he'll make a save when he knows he's going to break, he'll bring it to the face-off circle and drop it. So, you know, it's just a ho-hum for Jake Ottinger. He, he's, you know, I mean, I, the stars start with Miro Heiskanen, you know, and a lot of people are trying to get him in the Norris conversation. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think it starts and stops with Jake Ottinger. You know, that's a great point. What, five goals in his first three games? Um, that That's where you sort of build everything off of. It's something that's a constant conversation here in Pittsburgh about our number one goaltender and Tristan Jari in that he makes the saves he's supposed to make more often than not. But we still have yet to see him make the big saves that maybe he's not expected to make, that can save a game, that can turn momentum in a big moment, other than a shootout save in one instance last week in Detroit, he hasn't really made those big saves to sort of stem the tide. To your point, Jake Ottinger is doing more than just giving the stars a chance to win. He's going out and taking charge and throwing the game on his shoulders. And that's, that's something the Penguins haven't found yet. You mentioned Duchesne and I think it's interesting how he fits together with Sagan and Marchment. That that's an interesting line, especially when you pair it up with the Dadanov line with Ben and Wyatt Johnson. And that's as strong a middle six as anywhere in the league. And I think, again, to compare it to what the Penguins have or don't have, the Penguins are very clearly stratified. There are the top two scoring lines, the the top six, and then it's still a struggle to find anything from the third and fourth lines, although the third line played a little bit better Saturday in St. Louis with Redeem Zahorna added on to O'Connor and Eller. Um, Just how... How, how powerful is the, the the fact that they have a second and third line, a middle six that can dictate the pace of play the way both of those lines can? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I mean, it's it's massive. Um, what it used to be as far as the Dallas team is you'd have the Pavelski, Robertson, Hints line, and then you would have uh, Ben Sagan. Sorry. Yeah, at that time it would be Ben Sagan. But then you'd be looking at two lines where it's just, hey, just don't allow the other team to score. And, and now you've had, I mean, people, we've forgotten already how Ben and Sagan were together on the same line for a long time. And so now you're looking at that depth, like I've talked about in that fourth line. I wouldn't be surprised at some point if Pete DeBoard, you know, it's tough because Marchman um, ha- makes a good salary. When he was signed by Dallas, he was in competition with a couple of other teams. So he signs with Dallas, but he's just not performed and he's got great size. Uh, But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if he continues on this pace, if they don't move him down to the fourth line and kind of elevate like a Ty Delandria, who's played really well in that fourth line position, kind of the Swiss army knife of the stars. Uh, But it does two things. It provides line depth. It's, it's massive. It's no longer, you know, just prevent it's be aggressive. And the other thing is in case of injuries, you know, uh, because your, your teammates are going to go down. And, you know, we talked about a Duchesne. If, if it's necessary, Duchesne can move up to the second line. Sagan plays on that first line. Um, if, 
if you know one of them can't go. So they're interchangeable parts, and I, I think that depth will play massive dividends in the end. And then, you know, quickly, I'd like to point out one of the great things that I'm excited about as the Stars team is the prospects. And while it seems at the surface that a Joe Pavelski's old, although you would never know it uh, at 39 years old, and then, you know, Jamie Ben's getting up there, Tyler Sagan, you know, these are veteran players. But at the same time, there's a wave coming up from the Texas Stars and Logan Stankoven, Maverick Bork, Leon Bixel, who's a 6'5", 6'6", defenseman, who we might see by the end of the year to provide that physicality that's needed on that blue line. So I think the future is bright as well. So it's a combo of they need to win now, but at the same time, the future is coming too. Well, and that system, that DeBoer go-go-go system that you mentioned, lends itself to something you also mentioned earlier I want to circle back around to real quick before I let you run. And that's the 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 Haskinen uh, Norris candidacy that, that you know will probably be pushed like a Heisman candidacy all year. But but he does. He has the size. He has the speed. He's got the capability of going off in some instances, like he did in Anaheim the other night, where he had a three point night. Um, are they though deep enough on the blue line? You know, once you get past the top three, especially yeah. when you consider the advanced age of Ryan Suter. Um, is there a worry that especially when you get into the spring and you need to be a little bit deeper on the blue line, you need to be four or five deep on the blue line with guys you really trust given injury issues. Are they deep enough there to really put it together and make a run later in the year? I think if Ryan Suter was your third line um, defenseman, it'd be great, but he's yeah. your first line and that's, he's paired with Miro. And I think that's where the prospect Liam Bixel comes in. He was their top draft pick a couple of years ago, big guy, six foot six exerts physicality, uh, carries the puck well, and, um, you know, let's see how he does in uh, Texas this year, but I think he's on his way up. Could even see him around the trade deadline, and, you know, th that's what they did with Thomas Harley last year. They had him in, at, in the AHL, brought him up, and he pay, played major playoff minutes. You know, the guy that I've been really impressed with is Nils Lundqvist. He was the uh, player that they traded a first-round pick to the Rangers to grab him. Wasn't getting a lot of playing time in New York. He's performed very well. When it comes to Haskinen and the Heisman, I mean, it's tough to get, you know, past Victor Hedman, Adam Fox. I mean, you know, I mean, Stars fans can say what they want, but, you know, those guys are amazing. So, and you also have a guy in Pittsburgh who's pretty amazing as well. So, a couple now, yeah. You know, yeah, a couple, <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, if, if they stay healthy, I think they can be in the Norris race as well. So, I mean, I think it would be a great honor for Haskinen. You know, his time on ice is really impressive. You know, he's very good defensively, probably didn't have his best game on Saturday night. But, you know, at the same time, he's just a calming voice. It reminds me very much of when Sergei Zuboff was playing. Uh, Pittsburgh fans will remember Zuboff. Yeah. You know, to me, it was that when he has the puck, all is well. You know, that kind of kind of quarterback. So, but I agree with you. They need to get more physical. And I think during the regular season, you can get away with this, Chris. In the playoffs, I am worried about that physicality, especially going up against Colorado and Vegas, who exert their physicality and they know they their game plan is out as far as how they can beat the stars. Well, it'll be interesting to see how things play out between these two teams on Tuesday night because both are coming off of disappointing performances, but the Stars got the result. The Penguins didn't, and the Stars, you would think, will play things 
a little more conservatively, perhaps, on the power play. Uh, the Penguins, they need to be more aggressive on the power play. They're playing patty cake around the perimeter all too often early on, trying to find some chemistry with Eric Carlson added to the mix. They've pulled Ricard Raquel off of the power play and thrown Brian Rust on it at practice. So we'll see how it continues. It's going to be a good one Tuesday night. Hopefully both teams decide to open it up a little bit rather than draw back and we get some fun hockey uh, with two teams that can skate pretty well, especially the Stars. Gavin, thanks so much for the time today, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And real quick, as a guy who attends every game, shout out to the Pens fans. They are awesome when they come to Dallas. I won't say anything else about original six teams when they make here and, <laughs> and stuff like that, but Pens fans are amazing. So anytime the Pens come to Dallas, it's uh, pretty awesome. I'm excited about Tuesday night. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, Pittsburghers. We're everywhere, as you saw uh, Sunday afternoon in L.A. with the Steelers-Rams game. Absolutely. Wherever we go, we got that yellow towel tucked in our back pocket, and we're ready to go, Gavin. You know how it is. You got a football team like that down in Dallas, too. So thanks again. Appreciate the time, man. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate you. Gavin Spittle, uh, great stuff from him, the Spits and Suds podcast. If you're looking for more detailed analysis on the Dallas Stars to get you set up for Tuesday night's game at PPG Paints Arena. That's also inside your Odyssey app, which is the same way, or wherever you get your podcast, you get Fifth Avenue Faceoff. Make sure you follow and subscribe to Fifth Avenue Faceoff. Uh, check out Spits and Suds. Thanks again to Gavin. Maybe we'll throw together a little crossover post-game episode on Tuesday night. We'll see if we can make that happen as well. Thanks for watching on 93.7 The Fan's YouTube page. If that's how you got today's episode, don't forget new episodes up all the time. So you want to make sure to follow and subscribe inside your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, or wherever you get your podcasts to Fifth Avenue Faceoff.